For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Picks and Parlays here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Great to be with you. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. We've got a lot to get to today. By the way, we're also streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Find us on any of those social media platforms and participate in the show. All you have to do is fill out the comments section. Search Picks and Parlays or Parlays Radio, Parlay Radio, allow me to say that, correct myself, and our intrepid production team will see your comment and put it up on the screen and I will mention it on air, even if it's rude, even if it's very rude, provided it's not obscene, of course. All right, well, welcome to the show this Tuesday, January the 21st, 2020. Happy Squirrel Appreciation Day, everybody. I know I'll appreciate the little buggers. It's uh, even when they give you rabies. Okay, uh, today, big show. Triple B, Bookie Bastard Brown is here. Tony Brown. We're going to do some NBA and NHL, Clippers, Mavs, Islanders, Rangers, and the Vegas Golden Knights with new coach and the Boston Bruins. The Duff Man will come the next segment and we'll talk some Super Bowl previews, betting trends and tips. If you're thinking about wagering on the big game, you're definitely going to want to check this segment out. And then finally, uh, Tony LT Gray Tellez will join me. We'll talk NBA. Pardon me, college basketball. We'll go back a little bit. We'll go to the minor leagues of the NBA. You know, back in the college days. Buck, Butler Villanova, uh, Kansas State, Kansas, Georgia University of Kentucky, and Miami Duke. Those are the games we're going to talk about today on the show. Hope you will participate. Hope you will continue to join us. And most importantly, remember, we're going to give away a lot of free picks on this show. That's right, scot-free. Not a dollar will it cost you out of your pocket. But if you should want our expert picks, and there's every reason that you should, head over to our website, picksandparlays.net. We have 35 expert handicappers. You're going to meet three of them today on the show. If I haven't met them already. And you can get any of their expert picks today for 15% off. Use promo code TIE, T-I-E, at picksandparlays.net. That's promo code TIE, T-I-E, at picksandparlays.net. All right, I'm going to gather my thoughts because I have about one a day. Get my notes straight because I have a whole desk full of them. And then we're going to kick it all off right here. Picks and Parlays. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the show, Picks and Parlays. I'm your host, Nick Eber. As I mentioned, you can find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. I like to keep it easy for you, not too confusing. You know what I mean? All right, let's get to some NBA action. Let's bring in our expert handicapper and all around, all around good guy, MVP of the good guy trophy here at Picks and Parlays. Triple B, the bookie blaster himself, Tony Brown. How are you, Tony? I'm all right. I'm a little bit under the weather. I've been out squirrel hunting and the weather's not good and I think I caught the flu. You didn't let one of those little buggers bite you, did you? No, I killed them all. Because if you do, it's frothing at the mouth. You don't like water, and then you're going to die pretty soon thereafter. So better hope you didn't. Okay, 
Uh, let's get to it, shall we? Clippers at Mavs. The Clippers, 30 and 13, 23 and 20 against the spread. Seven and three on a three-game win streak. Last game was a win over the Pelicans. They don't have rabies. They're birds. 11 and nine straight up. Nine and 11 against the spread away from home. Second in the West. Uh, they're two and a half games behind the Lakers currently. Paul George is out. They're six and three straight up in the last nine against the Mavs. And for the Mavs, 27 and 15, 22, 18 and two against the spread. They're six and four, but don't let that, you know, that, that taint your thoughts because they are on a four-game win streak, beating Portland 120 to 112 on Friday. They're 13 and 10 straight up, 9, 13 and 1 against the spread at home. They're fifth in the West. Uh, Christus Porzingis is still doubtful for this game, which is a problem, of course. The total over has gone over in six of the last nine, and the Mavs are very small, uh, one and a half point favorites. Uh, how do you like this one, Tony? Uh, this is a, actually what we call out here in Vegas a trap game. Um, it's a very, 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 very bad spot for the Clippers, and I think the Mavs are going to take this one. It's only one and a half points. We're going to jump on it. I mean, all those numbers sound good for the Clippers, but, I mean, we got some numbers for the Mavs, too. I think they're one of the best teams in the NBA on the road this season at 14-6. and six. They won 14 of the 20 road games, so they've been a beast away from home. They're on a four-game win streak, and you you know, like, one win starts a streak, one loss starts a slump. So, four-game win streak, I think they're going to keep on rolling. I got a little bit of inside information, nothing too major, but I think Christoph Porzingis is going to play. He's listed as doubtful, but that's just some of the mind tricks the coaches play with the uh, roster and things of that nature. Doubtful means he could play or he won't. I think he's in this game, and that's going to be the edge they need. Um, they've been real reliant on Luka Donish by himself he can get that extra shooting help and get him some depth in there with uh, Perzingis, I think they're going to win against the Clippers. It's a great spot, too, for revenge. The Clippers took him out in Dallas with a 15-point win, so it's a double revenge spot, road spot. I love Dallas in this spot right here. Yep, not a bad call, Darren. You know another reason why they could very well win? What's that? Taco Tuesday. Always a good <laughs> reason. Okay, <laughs> next up, uh, let's get to it, shall we? Uh, let's do some NHL. You know what? This is the yep. first NHL segment you and I have done together, Triple B. So uh, let's start with the Islanders, the Battle of New York, shall we? The Islanders at Rangers. The Islanders, 28-15-5. They're third uh, in the Metropolitan Division. They're 2-10. They lost the last three, though, most recently losing to the Hurricanes. They're 13-8-2 straight up, 13-10 against the spread on the road. They've gone over in four of the last five against the Rangers. And the Rangers, 23-20-4, they're seventh right at the bottom there of the Metropolitan. Almost. one, I guess one more spot to go. 5-5, five five, lost the last uh, one, 2-1 two, one to Columbus. They're 13-9-2 straight up, 16-8 against the spread at home. Brennan Lemieux is out for three to four weeks. They've gone over in 13 of the last 17. And here we go now. The Islanders are one-and-a-half-point home favorites, total six. The money line on the Islanders, minus 120. The Rangers, plus 109. I don't know. I, I, I love a little money line action. Which, which way are you tempted to go here? I got to go with the home team in this one. I mean, of course we all want the big plus money payouts. Of course we like the underdog. But when they don't win, that's just a donation to the casino. I mean, we're trying to get the money here, and the Islanders is the better play. There's no true home court advantage, or home ice, excuse me, advantage. They're both from New York or whatever. But the advantage in this one is that the Islanders have – dominated the Eastern Conference. Like, they have all their struggles and troubles yeah. against Western Conference teams. They've dominated the East, like, throughout the years, and especially as of late, 
They're five and one against Eastern Conference opponents, and even better, they're the king of the Met. They dominated the Metropolis division for for years now, and including right now, occurring in the 2020 season, 10 and two. That means they took 10 of the last 12 skates against opponents in the Met. I mean, the games aren't played on paper, but some stats you just can't ignore. I love the Islanders at home on such a small money line. All right, so Islanders at home it is, uh, minus 120 on the money line. So that's what you're going to take, the money line play here, right? Yeah, just the money line. The puck line means you got to win by two. It's not really yeah, against I, the I spread. It's, uh, yep. it's called the puck line, and that means, like, a team has to win by two. You only no, really want to take line. a look if you got, got the big teams minus 400, 500s against the basement team. Yep. You'll take them on the puck line to get you some value there. No, get it. Good good tips there if you're betting the NHL. All right, next up, uh, by the way, Fernando Ramirez said, great job, gentlemen. Well, thank you, Fernando. You know what they say, Fernando. Flattery will get you everywhere. Okay, next up, the Vegas Golden Knights against the Boston Bruins. East versus West here, the, the Knights, 25-19-7, uh, fourth in the Pacific. They're 5-5, five and five, but they're only 1-5 in the last six. They're in a bit of a cooler. They lost the last game 4-5 four, uh, four to five against the Canadians. Uh, they are 11, 9, and 4 straight up, 10 and 14 against the spread on the road. The total's gone over in the last 12 for the Bruins, if you're interested in that. The Bruins, 28, 10, and 12. They're top of the Atlantic. They're second in the East. The Bruins are a hot team right now, although they're 4 and 6, and they only have one win in the last four. That's right. You've heard it. So actually, four of their total 10 losses have come uh, quite recently here. So they did lose to the Penguins uh, by 3 to 4, 3 goals to 4. They're 16-2 and 9 straight up, 11-16 against the spread at home. Uh, David Krejci is a doubt. The total's gone under an eight of the last 12. You got any insider on that? The Knights, <laughs> plus 122 on the money line. The Bruins, minus 135. They're one-and-a-half goal favorites and a total goals of six. So I tell you what, the punters are seeing quite a few goals in here. How do you like this one? Yeah, I'm going to get killed for this one. You know I live out here in Vegas, so... I mean, it's, it's, and I don't want to go against the Knights and show my face in public, but I, I want to win some money, and I'm going to have to. This is it's, it's one of those sports in hockey, man, where the Knights, they're, they're a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde team. When they're rolling, they're rolling. You look in the standings, they're 8 out of 10. They're on five-game winning streaks, and they're hot. And when they're slumping, they're slumping. And right now, they're slumping. Like you said, just one win in the last six games. They're going on the road. They have a brand-new coach. And then to top it all off, Boston has eaten them alive and like say only been in existence for two years or whatnot. Five games against Boston. Boston's four and one. And the one game that they lost was very, very close. Boston has no problem beating the Knights and Boston's slumping themselves. No way to get out of a slump than a team you dominated. And I think the Knights coming into town with a new coach struggling and stuff. It's not a good spot. And I like Boston at home in this one. You don't see any new coach bounce here. Nah, they got beat the first game, the very first game in inauguration, like when he came in, and it, it takes some time. We were already an expansion team, so we had so much success going to the Stanley Cup in the first year. People just thought we had, had clicked, but we, we, we still got a lot of rebuilding to do, and then to change coaches in the middle of the season like that, it's, it's yeah, going to be course, tough for a while. My understanding is Carlson's uh, injured, and they've got a couple of other big injuries as well. So, uh, you know, but look, for a team that's won in its third year, uh, to currently be looking at this and bemoaning their situation as fourth in the Pacific Division. It's pretty funny, actually. I mean, this team has been overperforming from the minute they opened the doors uh, at the T-Mobile Center. 
Yeah, right from the gate. I mean, they came out hot and went straight to the Stanley Cup and took the first game. That's what people forget. Not only did they go, they had Ovechkin down 1-0 in there. But ever since yeah. then, it's been a major letdown. I mean, you wouldn't call it a letdown. A no. three-year expansion team, I mean, this is kind of where we expect it to be. But just after such a hot start, people are used to the night struggling. You know what? I followed and, and was a fan of the Los Angeles Kings for literally two decades when I used to live in L.A. Had uh, season tickets. Back at the old forum, used to sit there with Bruce McNall before he was arrested. <laughs> but uh, listen, <laughs> if you enjoy this game, why don't you know when the Golden Knights play back here? Maybe we should start a new thing. Maybe throw squirrels on the ice instead of octopus. Yeah, forget I don't know. those octopuses. Let's yeah. just throw the squirrels. A bunch of them. I just killed. All right, don't kill them. Throw them out so that they can run around and see their little legs scrambling on there. Hey, listen, if no, you're with Pet Peter, you better not get in touch with me. All right, okay, we've got to go to Triple B. Always a pleasure. We'll chat to you soon. Coming up next on the show, don't worry, the Duff Man cometh. Let's talk a little NFL betting picks and strategies. Welcome back to the show, picks and parlays. Nick Eber with you here, as I am every weekday. 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. And we stream throughout the day on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter social media channels. You can find us there. And if you want to participate in the show, as uh, happened last segment, we'd love to hear from you. Just fill out the comment section, and we will try to bring your comment into the show. Uh, rude ones even accepted. Okay, let's get to it. Uh, the Super Bowl is here. It is the 49ers, and it is Kansas City Chiefs making their... Uh, first appearance back at the Super Bowl in some 50 years. Joining me to talk about this and the best way you want to put your hard-earned dosh on this game with some betting tips and strategies. A man wearing an Ohio State shirt if you're not watching us Ooh. on the stream but listening to us on the radio. I will, I will endeavor to describe him to you. He's a splendid-looking gentleman sitting in a big leather armchair with a computer monitor behind him wearing an Ohio State shirt. Looks like he hasn't shaved in about five days. Duff man, Joe Duffy, welcome. Yes, I actually got yeah, a couple of two computer monitors. So, uh, oh, okay. Yes, I haven't. Yeah, I have, no, I haven't shaved in about five decades. And you know, as somebody who's spent sixty-five percent of my life in the South, I got to find some real Brunswick stew because real Brunswick stew includes squirrel, and that would be a perfect way to uh, celebrate National Squirrel Day. The Squirrel Appreciation Day, indeed. And of course, as someone who's resided. Uh, most of his time in the South, you must just be besides yourself. There's no East Coast teams. There's no Southern teams in the Super Bowl. What's going on with the sports landscape here in the United States? What, the fix wasn't in this year? Uh, <laughs> no, that's perfectly okay with me. I got to admit, I didn't really even give any thought to the geography of uh, the teams in, until you mention it. No, we're going to be uh, plenty happy. We'll be drinking craft beer on Super Bowl Sunday and watching these, this Midwest team and this Southern and this uh, West Coast team. Are you going to be roasting some squirrel? Uh, I don't know about that. I'm not sure. I'll probably be watching my old tapes of uh, Charlie Simmer and uh, Marcel Dion and uh, Taylor in honor of you. Very nice. Well, I appreciate that. Let's get to it, shall we? Uh, it's the 49ers and the Chiefs. The Chiefs coming back after 50 years, finally. Lots of expectations on their shoulders. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a, a great game. I mean, I don't know what to say. He threw 23 of 35, 294 yards, three touchdowns. But Garoppolo was the one that surprised me for the 49ers, Duffy. And we're going to get to this in a minute because I'm going to throw this over to you for betting. You know, what I found fascinating about this is the way this team finds to win. He threw six of, he was six of eight. He threw for only 77 yards. And then all of a sudden, Raheem Mostert pops up 
gets 29 carries, 220 yards. What? He got like a million touchdowns, uh, 7.6 points uh, yards per carry. I thought this was fascinating. I mean, this this team really finds a way to win. Uh, given that, having said that, both these teams, I think the class, I think at this point uh, of the league, obviously they're in the Super Bowl. But how do you see this one going down? And from a betting perspective, where's the public money going on this? The, the public immediately, they came out and they bet the over like crazy. And as of now, 78% of the bets, 92% of the money is on the over. Uh, 58% of the bets, 51% of the money is on Kansas City. And I was listening to um, a sports book director in Las Vegas being interviewed today. And he said, look, still the final three days, Super Bowl weekend, 95% of the money is going to come in. But it's been my experience, you know, not just so much the Super Bowl because the sample size is a little bit smaller. But and, and really, it's only been maybe the last uh, 10 years where it's pretty easily accessible, where we can see who the public is betting both offshore and in Las Vegas. But still been my experience that it's somewhat indicative the first 24 hours or so. Yeah, it's not going to stay at 92 percent, but it's not very likely that, you know, by game time, we're going to have most of the people on the under. So usually the early patterns are true, but I don't think the public's going to continue to bet this up. I do think the total uh, will drop a little bit, but of course, the bookmakers got to be a little little afraid of that uh, middle when it comes to the total. But yeah, I think it's going to yeah. be pretty close to 50-50 on the side. Yeah, but hold on. I mean, if uh, what, what, is the, what are the total points right now on this? In fact, I can, let me uh, take a look on my my third computer uh, the current total is now up to 54 after opening at 51 and a half and it looks like right. it's about 54 across the board okay so with 91 percent of the public money coming in on the over you have to think that total is going to go up right try to balance well, it no, out the, the, well yeah the total is already going up i mean it, it opened it's going up, up by three but it's going to go up more i would think right I think it could go up another half a point, but again, the 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 sports books got to be really careful because the sharps are waiting for that to continue to go up and then jump on the under. Some of the you know cool. those people who bet the total early, they would love to middle it. And remember, you know, legendary gambler Billy Walters. A lot of people thought he was a great sports handicapper. Really, what he was best at is line manipulation, manipulating that money and getting. The, uh, the side or the, the number that he wanted, whether it was on the side or the total. And that's where some of the sharps, look, I'll admit, I, I don't, I'm not an expert on manipulating lines. My expertise is on handicapping, but you got to be careful about that line manipulation. Interesting stuff. Uh, interesting stuff, Duffy. Um, talk to me about some systems that you might play on this game. Yeah, and you know, obviously I'm a, a system player first and foremost, but it's got to be balanced out with my organic stuff. Uh, teams have won at least nine of 10 straight up, yet not laying at least a field goal. They're a go against a 48 and 23, including two and one in the Super Bowl. And that would say San Francisco, obviously, you know, you're in the Super Bowl, you're going to have two hot teams, but Kansas City is really sizzling um, hot. And they, what it says, again, it makes perfect sense, because it'll be the first time we we'll use it. But what I always like to say, uh, the NFL is definitely a regression of the mean sport. And what it says, that if a team is sizzling hot, but yet they're playing another quality team, which would be the case if they're not laying more than a field goal, um, this is where they, they could possibly have a letdown. Now, one um, Super Bowl-specific one, Super Bowl teams with lower winning percentages, but 
They're not large underdogs, and un under other circumstances, an incredible 11-1. and one. That would favor um, Kansas City. And I remember it's one of these uh, – I think I was telling you about this before. I can't even remember who it was. It was an ex-NFL player who was convinced that, um, you know, the good rushing teams are the ones that will do well in the year and the teams that have been on the field are the teams that will fade late in the year. But not necessarily so. Um, the better rushing team late in the season and including the playoffs are a uh, fade of 86-52-2. That would favor Kansas City. And we also have one that in the playoffs, teams that were drastically improved from the previous uh, season are a go against of 30 and 15, and that, that would favor um, Kansas City. So, you know, some a little bit more stuff favoring Kansas City, but it's somewhat balanced there. And I know I had another system that if the line moves a little bit, it's going to favor uh, San Francisco. So yeah, I kind of I kind of think the odds makers got it right as far as at least getting balanced action. And San Fran, you could argue, has slightly better pure numbers, but Kansas City probably the better conference and certainly the more explosive offense. All right, the game in Miami, any geographic advantage to either of the teams of the game being there? No, I, I do. I know I said in college sports and especially when it comes to the NCAA uh, tournament and even when it comes to bowls and really the smaller bowls, I look into that. Not really so much in the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, if it were, you know, say uh, Tampa playing in Miami or Miami playing in Tampa, there would be, but no, that's not something that unless it's it's blatantly obvious where teams playing in state. And of course, we've never had a home a host uh, city where the team was in the Super Bowl. But no, I, I don't see any geographic advantages here. All right. So very quickly, uh, we've got a couple of minutes left. Talk to me about the difference in styles between these two teams and how they match up for a potential outcome. Yeah, the both of these teams. You know, when I look at numbers, the numbers I like to look at is yards per play yards per rush and uh, yards per pass, but relative to what their opponents normally uh, allow. So that kind of, rather than total yards, which says a lot about pace, obviously San Francisco is stronger on the defensive side and they play more of that old fashioned smash mouth where Kansas City is much more of a modern team. They have one of the great, you know, Mahomes is gonna go down as one of the all time great quarterbacks, unless, unless he's hurt. If his kid stays healthy, um, in the year 2050, we're going to be talking about him as one of the best athletes of the first part of the uh, half century. But San Fran, they do, um, they're a pretty good offense, better than some people think. They get 7.9 yards per pass the teams, normally allowing 6.8. Kansas City is 7.9 to 6.9. So the pure numbers say San Fran's uh, passing game is actually more competitive than some people may think. Uh, the Niners hold teams at 0.8 yards per play below their normal average. Kansas City defense surprise might surprise someone they hold teams to point two below their normal average so the reality they are two fairly decent defenses so that's something to consider with this with this um high total um you know and and of course i guess there's one injury we'll take a look at tevin coleman as the game gets much closer he of course a, a key cog for san fran especially if you believe that the uh, 49ers need to keep them off of the field well interesting you're talking about the passing game but and of course uh I did mention this, but I mean, you know, there was very little passing in the Green Bay game. Was that because the 49ers were really just adjusting to their competition? To their yeah, I mean, well, the, the 49ers, obviously, they got out to that impressive lead. And, um, you know, they didn't really need to, to pass. And remember, Kyle Shanahan was the guy who uh, was the offensive coordinator when the Falcons blew the biggest lead ever in the Super Bowl, 28-3. to So I, I kind of, and that's kind of an, I'm going to be looking at the fourth quarter 
um, total, by the way. I think both of these coaches, regardless of who has the lead, they could be conservative in the fourth quarter for certain reasons. Now, San Fran, look, they're a ball-controlled team first, but you kind of implied at the top of this report, I don't understand why Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't get more credit. The 49ers record with and without him, because you know coming into this year, Garoppolo had been somewhat injury-prone. The record with and without him is amazing. Remember, he's the guy that Bill Belichick apparently did not want to trade in New England. Uh, you know, Garoppolo is a very efficient guy. I've always said, I want a quarterback who can make the routine pass. And that's why, you know, all these overrated quarterbacks, they have these ridiculously strong arms where they can't complete the routine pass. But Garoppolo does that. And I know, you know, early in the year he's panicking a little bit, but I think he's really settled down. He's not panicking under uh, pressure. But now I think I do think, yeah, I think if San Fran can get the big lead, they're not going to pass quite as much. But I do think the 49ers right. are capable of playing from behind better than some people may think. Joe Duffy, always a pleasure. You can catch Joe, picksandparleys.net, and you can catch me right here after the break. Welcome back to the show, Picks and Parleys. Man, I love this show. Look, we've done NBA already, NHL. We've had a really fascinating discussion with Joe Duffy about uh, Super Bowl betting tips and strategies. And now we're going to move along to college basketball. Welcome back, Picks and Parleys, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also streaming live throughout the day on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Let's talk some college basketball with my good friend and one of our star handicappers, Tony El Tigre Tellez. Uh, Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, pleasure to be here, Nick, talking some college basketball. And we're right in the teeth of conference season here. As uh, you know, January is moving merrily along. It's a short month in February. Before you know it, March Madness will arrive. And my birthday, I might add. Going to be 21. Very good. Finally make a bet in the casino. <laughs> Looking forward to it, I'll tell you, Tony. I'm taking donations, by the way. Okay. All right, uh, Tony T., let's get to it. Let's talk some college basketball, shall we? I'm looking at some games here that we've got. None of them say UCLA, which, of course, is very upsetting to me. But then they always win. So let's go Miami at Duke in the ACC, shall we? Uh, the Hurricanes 10-7, and 9-8 and eight against the spread. Uh, they're 6-4. and four. They're on a two-game losing streak. The last outing was a loss to Florida State. 3-2 and two straight up. And against the spread away from home, 2-5 and five in conference. They're down at the 13th, the bottom of the conference there, uh, Miami. Not quite, but almost. A 1-4 straight up in the last five. The Blue Devils, 15-3, and 10-8 against the spread. They're third in the ACC. They're 8-2, but look, they lost the last two, and those were in-conference games. And that hurt big time, I can tell you that. They lost to Louisville and Clemson. 8-2 and two straight up, 5-5 five and five against the spread at home. Total has gone over in four of the last five, and they are total is five and two in conference. So, but still, Tony, huge, fav, huge advantage here. 17 and a half point home favorites for the Blue Devils. Maybe that's just an illustration of how bad Miami really are. A total of 149 and a half. What do you think? Yeah, you nailed it there, how bad Miami is. You know, I know we talked, remember when we talked Duke and Clemson about a week ago, I was telling everybody how, you know, Duke really was beating up on some bad teams and they, and they were hitting some t difficult uh, scheduling spots and they were laying 10 against Clemson. And I really like Clemson in that spot and they not only cover, but they won outright. But yeah. here we go again with Duke playing another cellar dweller team in Miami. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm, believe it or not, I'm going to lay the points here with Duke because, again, they've lost two straight against quality opponents. Now they're seeing a foe they beat by 30, by 33 on the road. Yeah. And uh, at first thought you would think, well, revenge spot for Miami. Well, you can throw revenge out the window because Duke's on a two-game losing streak and they've got a hapless Miami team in front of them. And I think they're going to come out here strong. They shoot the ball very well in conference, uh, 50%, 38% from the three-point line. But just, as you said, Miami's just bad against the ACC, hitting only 40%, and they're not defending, allowing 47% overall. 
So uh, again, I'm going to go ahead and take Duke because look at look at who they beat. They have big wins against Virginia Tech by 14. Then at home, they've pounded BC by 39, Georgia Tech by 31, and Miami fits in that criteria with those lower tier teams in conference. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the points here with Duke. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. Let's talk about Duke for a minute, though. I mean, obviously a perennial monster in college basketball. Uh, does it seem like this season is a rebuilding year? Is that what they're in this year? Because this, I mean. <laughs> Five and two in conference play, only seven games in, isn't great. Yeah, it isn't. But you know, we kind of looked at, at this happening here when they faced, um, you know, Clemson and they faced Florida State. There was going to be some trouble in spots here in the in, in the conference. But look at the conference; it's not really up. You know, North Carolina's down, NC State's down. Uh, you know, I, I think when you look at the Duke, uh, they're not the same team they were last year. Remember when Zion Williamson came oh, yeah. in? They were really touted a really really good team, but again. But the one thing to note here is they are beating up on the bad teams. And again, we're going to see what they're like when the conference schedule gets tougher. And this is another down spot for them. But again, you know, Coach K teams generally round into form here towards the end of the season here as a, as a, as a point toward the tournament. They're going to get in the tournament. But sometimes you get these lulls in, in February when you, when you approach March here. So we'll see if they can turn it on here. But again, with Duke, I, I've got to, I got to see how they handle the physical play because they don't look very very thick. And you talk about rebuilding. Every year is rebuilding now because they're bringing in these one-and-done yeah, players one in the, in the, yeah. into, their, into their program. And it's really a crapshoot. And, you know, these teams don't get better until later in the season. It's really a function of what's in the recruiting pipeline more than anything, right? So, all right, well, let's move along, uh, shall we? Uh, let's go to the SEC. Georgia at University of Kentucky. The Bulldogs 11-6, and 8-9 against the spread. Uh, they're six and four, but they're only one and three in the last four. They lost to Mississippi State over the weekend. Uh, two and three straight up, one and four against the spread on the road, one and three in conference play. Total's gone over in 12 of the last 18 for the Bulldogs. And the Wildcats, 13 and four, seven, nine and one against the spread. They're third currently in the SEC. They're seven and three, coming off a win over Arkansas. Ten and one straight up, though, at home, and four, six and one against the spread. Four and one in conference play. Ashton, ha Ashton Hagens and Dante Allen are both doubtful. Total's gone over in six of the last seven. And the Wildcats, 11.5-point home favorites. 145 is the total. Um, boy, uh, yeah, 11.5-point favorites maybe seems a little big to me. I mean, are the Bulldogs that bad? I don't think they are. Oh, they're bad on the road. They have some really ugly losses. And uh, when you look at their loss on the road, 20 to Arizona State, 22 at Auburn, 32 at Mississippi State on Saturday. So their road performance has just been atrocious. And, you know, Kentucky really started off struggling. This is another team with a lot of young players. Uh, you know, they couldn't make threes, but look at what they've done in conference. They're making 40 40 percent of their shots from the three-point line in the conference. So they've shown some improvement from the three-point line. But here, looking here at Georgia, they're just a bad defensive team. Efficiency-wise, uh, the worst in the SEC. They're allowing 60% shooting from, from two-point distance. So around the bucket, they're not very good. In Kentucky, they got, the, they got the size. They got the strength. They should be able to get some shots inside very easily against this Georgia team that's not defending. And they can't even shoot the ball against the conference. Georgia, just 41%, 27% from three. And they're allowing 51% overall shooting against conference opponents. Uh, I just think uh, one thing to note with Kentucky, they come off a really good win at Arkansas. And Arkansas was a team that was playing really well with Musselman now taking over the program. They went into a really hostile environment, got the win in SEC play. That's a big win for them. I think they'll build from that. And again, I'll take, I'll lay the points here with Kentucky. All right, Kentucky minus 11 and a half it is. Lay the points, Kentucky. Next up, uh, Big 12, Kansas State, Kansas, big rivalry here. Uh, the Wildcats, 8-9, 6-11 against the spread. Three and seven, win over West Virginia, snapped a four-game loser that they were on. One and two straight up, two and one against the spread on the road. They're only one and four in conference. Uh, Mike McGurl and Antonio Gordon, both doubtful for this game. 
Total's gone over in nine of the last 13. And for the Jayhawks, a bit of the other side of the spectrum here. Uh, they're 14 and three, 10 and seven against the spread. Almost, almost at the top of the Big 12. They're second. Uh, they're eight and two coming off a 65-57 win over Texas. At home, they're seven and one straight up and four and four against the spread. They're four and one in conference. Uh, Marcus uh, Garrett has been upgraded to probable, so likely will play. Uh, but they've gone under in all of their last seven games. They are 15-point home favorites, 126.5-point total. Same situation as the last game. Looks like uh, a, a pretty strong home team and uh, facing uh, some rather poor conference opposition. Yeah, it is, but uh, this is a rivalry game. And, you know, Kansas State here, I'm going to take the points. I didn't see a little bit too many points here. One thing to note with the Jayhawks, they've been held to 66, 66 points or fewer in four of their past five games. And one thing Kansas State does well, and that is defend. And one thing to note here, Kansas State is coming off a big win against a really good West Virginia team, 84 to 68. And that's something they can build on. They shot nearly 60% against a really good defensive team there in West Virginia. And sometimes the light turns on for these college athletes. As we said, we're getting deeper in, in, in the play here in conference, so these teams have the right to improve. And I'm going to lean on the defense of the Wildcats here uh, to, to stay within the number, which is huge here, 15. I'm just not sold here on Kansas' offensive strength. You know, when you think of Kansas the past several seasons, they were a team that you count on to make, make their shots 50%, 40% from three. That's not the case, just 44% from the field. 34% from three against the Big 12. So uh, they're not shooting the ball like they used to, but I just, and they don't make their free throws at 66%. Uh, I, I believe here that the Wildcats' defense can keep them in this game. So I'm going to take the 15. I don't, I'm not going to take them on the money line. I just think they can stay within the number. All right, sounds good. Let's move on. Last game Butler Villanova in the Big East. The Butler Bulldogs, 15 and 3, 11, 6 and 1 against the spread. They're 7 and 3, but they have lost the last two in a row, most recently losing to DePaul. They're three and two straight up and against the spread away from home, but they are three and two in conference, one and four against the spread in the last five against Villanova. And the Wildcats, 14 and three, two hot teams right now. Uh, well, maybe after losing two in a row, not so hot right now, but let's just say hot if you want to look at their records. Uh, the Wildcats, 14 and three, uh, nine and one. This is a hot team. Their last outing, though, was a loss to UConn. They lost their first one uh, in 10 games. They're 9-0 straight up at home, though, and 5-4 and against the spread. They're 4-1 in conference play. 7-3 uh, heads up in the last 10 versus Butler, and they've gone under in six of the last seven. And they are actually only four-point home favorites here, total of 129. How do you like this one, Tony? Yeah, I think this might be a really close game. Could be a one-possession game. That's why I'm going to take the points with Butler plus four. Of course, Villanova, they failed to cover their past two at home. Close wins to DePaul and Connecticut. And I've got to Butler a better team than both of those. And one thing to note here, Villanova just not shooting the ball well against the Big East. Just 40%, 31% from three. And one thing with, with Butler, they have shot and defended better than Villanova against the Big East, where they've allowed uh, just 38% shooting, 28% from three. And they've, uh, they've played well, and I look for them to respond huge here off back-to-back -back losses. And, of course, uh, Villanova, not a, a team that defends very strongly around the bucket. And um, one thing to note here is I do believe Butler can clean up their turnover issue in this spot. And uh, I, I'm going to take the points, uh, Nick, and I think it will be a very close game. Could be a one-possession flash finish here. How do you like the Big East in terms of its overall competitiveness this year? You know, I'm really... You know, that's a good question because I, I think I think this year, I think uh, a lot of the major conferences are relatively weak. And I think I would I'll, I would put the the, uh, the Big East there. Villanova is not as strong as we see in the past. Creighton, uh, you know, they shoot the ball well, but again, on the road, you really can't trust them. DePaul is a team that's on the improve, but again, it's just inconsistent. 
And of course, uh, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of Georgetown. So I, I, I really am, I'm pretty much, I'm really down on this, on this program. I think Butler is one of the better teams. Xavier, you know, Xavier is a team that gets hot late. So let's see if they make that big push. We always see Xavier make deep runs in the NCAA tournament. So we'll see if they can do it again this year, but they've had, they've had trouble with their three point shooting. And again, is it psychologically with, with these teams? Remember, they moved the, the line back, and there are some teams that can – we've seen the three-point numbers go down with some of these big programs. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out here. But, uh, yeah, I'm a little disappointed here with this, with this, big, with this big East. There could be a year for the mid-majors really to, 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 to go deep yeah. in these tournaments. So what do you think the strongest conference is right now? It's a really good question here. We're looking at, at the – I always lean toward the Big 12 because I really like the defensive style of Texas Tech. You know, I know Texas has struggled, but, you know, they do defend. Kansas is a strong team. Uh, you know, the Big Ten is always going to be in the discussion. But Michigan State, we've seen some really bad losses, and it's really the home, the, the home courts have held up in the, in the, in the uh, Big Ten. The good teams are getting pounded on the road. We just saw, what, a week ago, Michigan State get blown out at Purdue. And, of course, uh, we saw Minnesota lose uh, on Sunday. So uh, it's, it's really a grab bag. And, of course, out west in the Pac-12, I'm really disappointed with Washington. They have not looked good. Oregon's had some close finishes, and they've lost some games they should have won. So, uh, uh, yeah, the power conferences have been a disappointment to me this year. North Carolina has been another team that's, that has not played well uh, at all in the, in the ACC. Yeah, they did have that one injury, but you think they'd have the depth to overcome it. But, no, they, they've looked poor this season. So, uh it's really a grab bag. I know people are high on Gonzaga. They're high on Baylor. Baylor has been a hot team. So Gonzaga, Baylor is a team to look at. So is Dayton. And the Mountain West, San Diego State, undefeated mm, and playing yeah. well. Uh, that's a team that could go deep in the tournament because of the weakness surrounding the major conferences right now. So is this a, le is this a year, you think, for a surprise? And look, I I'm, I'm tired of getting to March Madness and everyone looks at Gonzaga and say, oh, the fairy tale. Listen, that fairy tale's been the same fairy tale year over year. I mean, it's, it's got a great program. We should be we should expect to see him always going deep sweep 16 elite eight and onwards but uh you know what yeah what about a san diego state yeah san diego state has a show we'll see if their offense can can, can rise in the in the in when they get deep in, in, into the tournament uh that's something to look at but they're they're a really good defensive team dayton's another team dayton fires they made it they made attention there in in, in the maui classic that's a mid-major there that can make some noise this year so that's one I'll be looking at. Here's here's a, a long shot for East Tennessee State. This is a team that I've looked at, and they've they pulled up some wins. Uh, they actually beat LSU this year, so that might be a team if they get in could go could be very dangerous. Akron's a team that I always keep an eye on. The MAC that can make some noise. You never could pull some upsets here. Maybe win a game in the, in the Big Dance. So there's some definitely teams out there that can make some noise. Tony Tellez, always a pleasure. Maybe we'll do a whole segment on this uh, potential uh, surprises. Uh, it, uh, once we get to March Madness, Tony T, always a pleasure. You can find Tony at picksandparlays.net. I'll be right back to wrap it up after the break. Welcome back to the show, Picks and Parlays. Nick Eber with you. Find me on Twitter, by the way, at Nick Eber. If you're watching us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, you'll see it right there. I won't just point it like empty air, making me look like a bigger fool than I probably am already. Okay, anyway, <laughs> let's get to it. We've had a really uh, busy show today. Lots of free picks for you. And don't forget, we have a lot more at picksandparlays.net, and we also have our expert picks for you. Get even more into the minds of our handicappers. Get more accurate, better intelligent. Look, we've got it all for you. 15% off right now. Use promo code TIE. Let's wrap up what we did today, though. We started with Tony Brown, Triple B, starting with some NBA. Clippers at Mavs. He said, take the Mavs, minus one and a half. In fact, the NHL, Islanders, Rangers, take the Rangers, minus 120, and the Golden Knights, Boston Bruins, 
uh, take the Bruins, minus 110. We had a fascinating discussion, by the way, with Joe Duffy about Super Bowl picks and trends and some betting strategies for you. So we didn't really give out a lot of hard picks, so to speak, except Joe specifically said take under in the fourth quarter in this game. But you want to, if you've missed that segment, go back and check it out because if you want to bet the Super Bowl, there's lots of really fantastic information, tasty information for you there. And lastly, college basketball with Tony T. Butler Villanova, take Butler plus four. K-State at Kansas, big rivalry, take K-State plus 15. Georgia at Kentucky, take Kentucky minus 11 and a half. And Miami at Duke, take Duke minus 17 and a half. Take the points. All right. I'm with you every day. 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. And as I mentioned, streaming live throughout the day right here, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We've got lots of free picks on the site, picksandparlays.net. By the way, make us a regular part of your week. If you want to bet on sports, do yourself a favor and bet with the best sporting intelligence you can get. And there is no place you're going to get more sporting intelligence, better insight, better analysis, better picks than at picksandparlays.net, whether our free picks or you're going to go all the way with our expert picks and packages from any one of our 35 star handicappers. Right now, 15% off promo code TIE, T-I-E, picksandparlays.net. I'll be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime, look me up on Twitter, at McGeeber, and we'll be back tomorrow with loads more free picks right here on Picks and Parlays. Until then, bet, win, repeat. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.